What is going on, everybody? This is another episode of the World Series Extravaganza with Norm and Quinn. I am clearly Norm Shaver. And Quinn, how are you doing, my friend, out there in Houston today? I am doing well, doing much better than the other night. So well, got a little pep in my step there. I mean, so obviously, obviously. One of us, I mean, I will say, sorry, I just jumped right in. I, I apologize greatly. But no, 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 let's do it. I, I will say that we both, I think, agreed on the last podcast that we were hopeful that we would go one and one. And I feel like that came true. So we shouldn't be too upset with one another. Yeah, it's just the way both of our teams lost was pretty disheartening. So <laughs> It is. It's it's like one team showed up to play one game and then the other team showed up to play the other game. It's very baseball's a quirky thing. I mean, it really is. Yeah. I, I think we both thought um, I'm speaking for you here, but you can correct me in a second that this was going to be nail biter games. I'm a Braves fan. So every game in the playoffs was down to the last at bat. It seemed like we really didn't run away any games. I was set up for an emotional roller coaster of you know, adult beverages and no sleep. And here we mm-hmm. are, two fairly no dramatic games. I mean, I really out of the first three innings in both games, they were pretty non-nail-biter. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's never a great sign because I was uh, because I was in the car on my way to a bar to watch game one with friends and I was running a bit late. Mm. Um, and so first pitch happens and, you know, or uh, not first pitch, but <laughs> it was like the first. Um, I hear the crack of the yeah. bat and it was, and that's a deep fly, a ball. <laughs> and it was, or, and so I was like, okay, not a great start. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so then that game just continued to go downhill. So it was weird. Yeah. It was, I really, I mean, I, it, I, and I say this, I'm a Braves homer. I did not expect game one to go the way it did. I, I really didn't. I, I didn't think that, you know, Charlie Morton was going to pull a Kirk Schilling on us. Yeah. I didn't think that we were going to have, you know, be up two to nothing in the first inning that we were going to run out flamber as quick as we did. I just did not see any of that coming in my wildest of dreams. Well, the framber stuff, it makes a lot of sense just because whenever framber is off, he's so entirely off. Like you got the big time framber experience. Okay. I will say to really get the full experience is that whenever he goes next, then he will have to have a pretty good outing and then you'll see the entire spectrum or a, or I'm a spectrum of him because that game one is like his worst case scenario or I really like scenario. And that's exactly what it looks like. Gotcha. While we're here, I guess we'll say, we'll start talking about game one. I, I as a host, I, I, I get carried away sometimes Quinn and, and forget what we're doing. We're going to recap game one of those that didn't realize that the Braves won. Uh, was it six to two or five to two? Hold on. Let me look at my notes. Six to two. Six to two. Six to two yeah. uh, Quinn, have you got any quick takeaways as a losing Astros fan for game one? Or would you like me to just hit the Braves highlights? How do you, how do you want to handle this on the fly as we're recording? We could probably do a little both if you want to. How about we uh, let you end with the happiness and let me start with the sadness. That works. works. Yeah. So, I mean, for the Astros, like that was probably as poorly as a game could possibly go. Um, You have Framberg not even getting out of three. And then you have Morton who just shoves on a broken leg for 16 pitches, which was incredible. And like, the problem is if you, you know, you know, if you said to me that we would have gotten Morton out and like the third inning, like I would have assumed, okay, cool. Obviously we don't have the context of he was having a broken leg, but still I thought that if we got six innings of, or, um, or um, of y'all's pin, then I thought that we, you know, I thought that we would have put up more muster than, two runs. Um, the biggest one is really that our top of the order was awful. Correa, Bregman, all two, 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 they were all awful. 
um, to put it bluntly. Mm. Like there's really no way to say it. Thank you for being nice. And then the thing that was insane to me was how much the Braves just hit the ball in the right spots. Mm-hmm. Like it was incredible. The holes that y'all were finding. I would agree. I, I would agree. And in, in my notes that I, that I've got going on here, uh, the big things that stand out, just like you said, Altuve was over five with three strikeouts and then Bregman yeah. was over four with two strikeouts. Um, and then, Another stat that people love to throw out there, it's one of my favorite, they were one for nine with runners in scoring position, which, and I really think the only time they threatened was the bottom of the first inning with that yeah. bases loaded. And it was a big sigh, because it was bases loaded, no outs. I think if I'm going back in my memory bank correctly, yes, I'm pretty sure it was no outs. Or maybe, no, it was no outs. I think it was one out. Was it one out? Yes, you're one correct. Out, but like, I mean, the thing is like, that's how the Astros win their games, you know, is that they just, you know, they just put, guys on the base and then they just hit them in slowly, but surely. And like, that was just really that game. One was really the opposite of, you know, your quote unquote Astros baseball. Yeah. Like it was just not getting hits at the right time. And then errors as well. I mean, like, you know, the game got into silly mode whenever Yuli makes that bad error, whenever Stanek makes that bad error. And it's just like a comedy of errors, you know, yeah. it was just crazy. I mean, and there's not much you can really say other than like just a really awful game. I mean, our bullpen was good. Uh, if we're going bright yeah. spots for us was our bullpen was really good once again. And that continues to be awesome. And then, I mean, we got to hit Matzik, which, I mean, you said in our last yeah. episode that, you know, watch out for this bad guy. And like, I mean, he only let in one run, I think, but still it was nice to see some hard contact. Yeah. Just, he, he showed that he was human, which was, uh, is, is yeah. nice. You know, you, they're not going to go out there and shove every playoff post post season playoff experience, but it was, if, if I was putting on my Houston Astros Jersey, it was good to see that, that you all hit off Matzik. I, I will agree with you on that. Do you have an Astros Jersey? No, Cause I can I don't, get you no, one. I don't, I don't. Okay. If, Cause I, if I, mean, I, I can get one, one to you. If I had one, it would be a te- tequila sunrise one. This is my favorite. Okay. I did That's play fair. on the Astros team when I was a little kid way back wow. in the day, you know, like 30 years ago. So Okay, I'll just wow. I'll throw that out there. But that's Big the only that's the only Astros ties Norm has currently is is just yeah. those things. Okay, well, I mean, <laughs> let me hear the Braves. Like, I want to see you pump your chest a little yeah, bit about yeah. the I Braves mean, I game was, one. And I'm not taking anything away from Astros pitching, but my gosh, I was ecstatic to see that we actually hit the ball and hit the ball well. Uh, everybody, I think, in the lineup had a hit, if not multiple hits. I think we ended up with 12 hits for the game. Um, it was nice, and I'm, you know, again, not taking anything away from your pitching, but it was nice to face a quote-unquote normal pitching staff. Uh, you know, we've been facing Cy Young after Cy Young candidate with the Brewers and Dodgers, and it was just nice to see our bats come alive. In a second, we'll tell them how they went dormant again, but for the first game, it was nice to see a lot of hits in our offense on full display so that that was big takeaways for me going up you know raleigh had a double rosario had a double i did think it was funny that uh yeah mb or mlb the show rosario rosario sorry i'm having a hard time pronouncing his name <laughs> rosario looked normal with a strikeout that was kind of weird uh, weird for me to see so he you know knocked it from yeah. a 99 to probably a 97 on his diamond card i would imagine if you had to give him a grade Just on pitiful. that yeah i know which is horrible uh, but mm-hmm. then he ended up having to double an rbi so i can't take it away from him mm-hmm. uh but again the um, the the if i that's my positive pump my chest is that our offense was on full display we are kind of hot and cold when it comes to that, but they were hot, and I was very excited about that. My upset things, uh, Braves were two for nine with runners in scoring position, so we left a lot of runs on the table, even though we did win mm-hmm. six to two, uh, which was kind of conserv- concerning for me. Another positive was A.J. Minter came out there and shoved for 
two and two thirds, essentially three innings. We'll round it up there for everybody at home. But I was excited to see that. Uh, it was good for him. He's had his playoff druthers in the past several years. So it was good to see AJ come out and do th- good things for us. Uh, bullpen really carried after, uh, you know, Kurt Schilling's performance there. And while we're talking about that, this is kind of a hot topic for me. Do mm-hmm. you think that the Charlie Morton pitching 16, I think it was 16, yes, yeah, 16 pitches with a broken fibula, which is a leg essentially, is a bigger deal than pitching with a torn Achilles as in Kurt Schilling with a bloody sock? Is that what they said was a torn Achilles? Because that's pretty painful. Or is, but I, I also don't, don't think that Kurt Schilling really did that. I think there's a lot of like... Well, there is a big conspiracy to that if that was really yeah, a there's true smoke thing mirrors there. So to me as a Braves homer, and even if I wasn't a Braves homer, when I hear someone broke their leg and then continued to strike out someone, or I guess two strikeouts and a line out for 16 more pitches, that to me sounds like a big deal. I mean, I've never broken my leg. It was a huge deal, yeah. So, but I think that takes over Kurt Schilling. I have a good Boston Red Sox fan who came at me and said that ah, that was preposterous to even throw that out there. And I said, well, it's a broken leg. I'm just saying we no. can't prove that Kurt Schilling did that, even though yeah. I think there was pictures later that said he did actually have surgery on his tendon years later and there's a scar but we're probably giving Kurt Schilling too much airtime here he's he yeah. was canceled a year or two <laughs> yeah. ago anyway yeah. I derailed but really that that's Norm Stake is I think that's a bigger deal than Kurt Schilling is I mean the I mean the Morton thing was insane because I remember whenever Yuli because it was Yuli who hit that line mm-hmm. drive off his yeah. leg and I remember thinking like that was a really hard hit ball like that wasn't just your casual you know no. you know, line drive off the uh, leg. Like that looked like it was, had some serious firepower I think, and clearly it did. Unfortunately, I mean, yeah. it's terrible. I don't want to make it no, sound like I'm happy that that happened, You're not. but it was just crazy to me. And then whenever, you know, he struck out Altuve on that one, mm-hmm. like that's the crazy thing is that he made him look silly. And then he was like, Oh, my legs broke. Yeah. So I'm done. <laughs> and then he has the gall to apologize to, you know, yeah, and say, Oh guys, I'm so sorry that I couldn't do more. It's like Charlie. Yeah. Like, and like, I mean, or, and I don't know how much you've seen of Astros fan base really with that, but like everyone loves them. So like everyone, even Astros fans are like, what in, what an insane performance, you know? Yeah. I, I don't understand it. I, I'm full disclosure. I, I don't know much about Charlie Morton aside of, you know, what I know from the Braves, but for him to say like Travis Darno did an interview and he said he knew that his leg was broke and was in pain, but wanted to give AJ more time to warm up. And I'm thinking, who in their right mind goes, yeah, I understand I'm hurting really bad, probably broke something, but let me go out here and let AJ mentor, who would have had all the time in the world to, to warm up because somebody got hurt. I'll give him some more time. And oh, by the way, I'm really sorry I blew this. It's just crazy yeah, for sorry, me guys, yeah. that he's such a it good was- guy like that. It's it's astronomical. He'll have a statue erected down at Truist Park in his name, I'm sure, just for that performance alone. It's something where if the Braves win, then it's just like one of those stories. I mean, even, you know, really, even if the Braves don't win, but I feel like it's rocketed up. If y'all do go, you know, go on and uh, win this. And then that's a game where y'all split home field. Like that's just one of those legendary things that happens. And like, it's undeniable how incredible it was, you know, I would agree. I would agree. Uh, really that's, I'm sorry. I know I derailed us there, but it was a good conversation. Um, that's really all I've got from game one. Um, I was, I didn't really have any concerns as a Braves fan. I was really riding high on the, you know, the game was over and I was like, yeah, we're just going to sweep and we'll be over in four games. That's kind of where my mentality was. Yeah. And things quickly changed, quickly, quickly changed, uh, almost dramatic, or I guess really first inning, um, with Altuve. In the in game two, and then if we go off the pattern we just did, I'll start my druthers. I'll go ahead and start about all the Braves nonsense that was just 
horrific. Um, but but really, if I if I summed it up really quickly in the TV guide version, the Braves. I know the score doesn't depict it, but the Braves really just had a terrible second inning. It was awful. Mm. Um, and I don't know. I know you had this in your notes, so I'm stealing a little. But let me give you this stat: Max Freed after the All Star break had a 1.7 ERA. It was a league leading best ERA after the All-Star break and was 8-0 in the 13 starts after that. However, his last two playoff starts, he has a 10.24 ERA. Now, I don't know. I know we're in the era of of things, but I, there has to be something that the Dodgers and Astros have picked up with him. He's He's got to be tipping something. He has to be injured. I just have never seen such a dramatic hard right-hand turn for a pitcher in a long time unless something's wrong, in my opinion. He must have fixed it, though, because, I mean, everyone, like, I mean, that crooked number stands out, but, like, it seems like it's going very much by the wayside that after that, he went and pitched, like, four really amazing innings. I think he shut down 10 10 in a row, nine in a row, something like, something crazy Uh, like that. 10 straight, it was 10 straight, yeah. So I don't know. It's it's very strange to me as to what it was. Uh, if we go into the Braves' vile Twitter, a lot of people were saying he was pitching too fast. That he wasn't that that when he's on, he takes a little longer in his delivery. I have no idea. I'm not. I never pitched when I played <laughs> high school. I don't know the dramatics of all those things. So I don't know. But to me, it seems like he was pitched tipping or something. Or Trevor called the Astros, which I don't think would have happened. Something happened along those ways. <laughs> That somebody picked something up, whether it was a glove flutter or something. But but to your point, I, yeah. it is good that he finally, you know, quote unquote, found it um, going forward. You know, maybe he can ride some positive momentum because really it's Ian Anderson, which is essentially a rookie this year again. And then we're mm-hmm. out of starting pitching is because since Morton went down. So that's that's another positive I have. Other than that, I mean, this is really like the Astros game won. I mean, everything you said about the Astros can be applied to the Braves. We had no offense. I think we had 12 total strikeouts as I'm breezing through my notes. No one hit the ball at all except Travis Darno and Dansby and uh, Freddie. It's very poor offense, very hot or cold for us. And that that's really uh, our outfield went 0 for 12 combined Rosario, Jock, and Duvall, which is never a good look when your entire outfield which has essentially carried us since the all-star break throws up an offer. Um, and we only had two walks as a team. So nothing yeah, I positive. Mean, it, it's interesting with jock. Like, I mean, he's having a bad series right now. Yes. Yes. Like he's like one for eight with three strikeouts. And like his one hit was, I mean, where everybody got a hit in game one. So it's just kind of like one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, so he just looks, he looks like he just, he looks too amped up right now. I would agree. He, he looks, and I think, you know, I don't want to jump ahead to game, uh, what game are we going to game three too much? And I've in my notes, I've got game five. That's why I was sitting there trying to do the ma- quick math in my head as to where, how do we get to game five? If we're talking about two games, but I think in game three, I think you'll see him come off the bench. I agree. He's too amped up. He's too, I don't jocktobered up or something. He needs to, you know, take a Prozac or a Xanax or something and just, just take it down one notch. I don't want him to take it down all the way. Cause I don't know if you read that player's tribune article that, that just wanted me to run through a wall, but oh yeah, I can imagine. I, he just needs to tone it. I think he's just too amped up. And I don't. I mean, he was an everyday player for the Cubs, but he's not really done everyday with us. So I don't know if that plays into it that much. I don't he really played, know. I don't think. It I would. think there's a lot of emotions with given the context of he was on the 17 Dodgers. Yeah. He's you know, and also he's already a very emotional player. So I mean, I just think it's something where like he's a total like 
limelight player where it's just like he just has to feel it and like you know like the second that he gets a big hit like he'll start feeling it you know oh yeah 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 i've seen all the gifts i, I see all the language that, that man uses and i'm here for it yeah. i love i love every bit i mean i know we said it in our last one but but to be on your game and do something like that i think you should just just show out as much as possible that's my opinion of that yeah throw the bat in the third Agreed, row yeah. and, and do all that fun stuff Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but I don't have anything other than, I guess my only other takeaway, I had some weird quirky things. And if you don't follow the Braves, you might not know this. Brian Snicker does some weird managerial things. He, he kind of has mm-hmm. a Dave Roberts esque thing about him where he just does weird things and you makes you scratch your head. My two of that was pulling in Kyle Wright for one inning and drew smiley for one inning. Those are essentially our quote unquote long guys in the uh, arm pin. Wait a minute. It's not the arm. It's the arm barn. I'm sorry. Arm I'm, barn. I'm, I'm refrained from <laughs> saying the other word. So in yeah, the, please don't say that. Yeah, word. In the arm barn, uh, those are our two long guys. So I don't know why they both collectively came in and pitched only one inning. I know we've got an off day today on Thursday, but I, I is, you know, game four and five for the Braves are definite all bullpen games or I'm sorry. Sorry. I'll go in there and blip that out. Arm oh my barn gosh. games. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what, Brian Snicker was thinking with that because they both just threw one inning apiece. Now, Kyle Rott looked fantastic. I'll take, you know, the yeah, three punch good. outs, but I don't get that at all. Smiley gives up a home run to Altuve. I did, I'm very confused, very confused as to why that happened. It's, it's head scratched. I just, at the time we were losing whatever, but our bullpen management after Max came in just left me scratching my head completely. Uh, and I'm said bullpen again, uh, arm barn. Sorry, Peter. We're, we're barn, sp- yeah. sponsored by Peter this episode. I forgot to yeah, mention that. Um, so I don't know. That's <laughs> that's my two takeaways from the game. Is just I don't know what we did with our bullpen management. I'm glad that you know it worked out and we didn't pitch any of our you know Luke uh, Jackson, Matzik, or Will Smith for sure. But I don't understand why we threw our two long guys for just one inning. Maybe it's to get them warmed up. But Smiley pitched against the Dodgers, so I don't know. Yeah, that's my I mean, rambling. I don't know answer to that. It seems weird to like. I don't know. I I'm obviously not a manager, but in my own philosophy, it sounds weird to give a team you're playing for seven games, potentially even one look at two of your like prime guys. Like I would agree. to me, because, because I'm a big fan of the theory of like, you want to like, you know, like you want as least exposure as possible. And it just seems like you just gave them a little bit. And then like you give, us, you know, some like confidence with, you, you know, with getting a, a bomb off of smiley, you know? And, I, and so I agree. I agree. It made no sense to me whatsoever. I don't understand what they were doing with that. It was very silly in my, as nicely as I can say that super silly. It seems like they didn't know when to punt the game. Cause like, I guess with the Astros, like we can kind of touch on this a little bit. Like we have not played a really close game at all. So it's like, we, you know, like we've either been up big or we've, just had a game where like we punt it and like throw in our bad guys and maybe Snickers just like, that's not his philosophy. And like, he thinks the game's close. So yeah. he's going to throw his best arm possible. You know, he, he tends to do that a lot in close games, bring in people and you're like, what are you doing? This is like a, and even with Max Fried, you know, we're down four, one or five, one. I'm sorry. It was still a close game and then it became five, two and it's just a three run game, but I don't know his, he makes yeah. me scratch my head. The players really love him. He's one of those players coaches that I don't buy into that mentality of players coach. It, it does nothing for me. I don't coach, so I don't get it, but I don't think, you know, your manager is going to make you run through a wall personally. That's just Norm's take on that. Yeah. All right. Um, it is, yeah, it so. is with all the loving Astros fun stuff, Quinn. That's, that's, I cannot yeah. wait for you to prou- or pounce on your chest and tell me how good the Astros were in game two. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think my first thing is just giving, 
um, Jose or, or, uh, Jose or, uh, Keedy, his, uh, flowers. I mean, what an incredible start, uh, you know, like he only went five, but still for us, just given the status of our team and our bullpen, excuse me for that language. Apologize. No, you're, good. you're good. I'll um, go in and bleep it out. Don't you worry. I'll go <laughs> post-production. This will be arm barn and arm barn only. Arm barn only. Yeah. Um, he really just gave us what we really needed. And then having, um, Javier come in and like, that's your first look at him. Mm-hmm. That guy is, he's really special. He's really young and he's going to be a, uh, future starter. But right now in this current year where he is being used is perfect, where he's a long, you know, a, uh, long arm guy, you know? Uh, so it's been great. And then, I mean, Altuve and, or, and, um, uh, Brantley, you know, showing up is really nice. That's really what we needed. Uh, that's two parts of the, pu- you know, a uh, puzzle. Um, and then Jose Siri or, uh, sorry, uh, Siri coming on and being, being a spark plug is just, in, just insane. You know, he really changed that game where he made that really bold first to third move. And then he, you know, you know, and then he makes the Braves make a huge mistake. That's really where the game kind of ends for all intents and pur- you know purposes. Um, and that's been kind of our game this year is, is really just making the other team make these bad mistakes, you know, and that's like vintage Astros baseball this year. And like, I guess I do have a question for you, which is like, I think Yuli's been shifted on like 18 times this year, which is very low. And like they shift during such a big time and he just pokes it right through. And, you know, he's the batting champion this year. Mm -hmm. It just seemed like a really weird decision. And, you know, you you know, and I saw Braves fans mad about that and I just understood it. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I guess my takeaway on the shift is you don't hear people going, oh, man, we were in the shift and we got that out. You only hear people complain about the shift when it doesn't work for you. I I love numbers and analytics. And if I get bored Mm -hmm. one day at work, I should look into it. But I want to know what the number is for how many hits beat the shift, because those are the only ones you remember. I mean, you know, in a game, you might have 10 hits into the shift. That's probably high number 10. But let's say it's 10 and you might have maybe one a game or a couple a game, if that. It just, to me, I, th- I think the analytics show that being in the shift works and you just remember those ones. And especially in that game, when it happened two or three times where Ozzy is normally standing right where a ball's going to go, you just remember those more. And that's yeah, my takeaway like on that. But I will agree. I think on Gary L, there's no need because I think even in the broadcast, I think John Smoltz or, or Joe, one of those two guys were like, you know, I don't know why they're doing this. They should probably just stay because he's such a good hitter. He's one of those guys, yeah. you know, A-Rod famously says, well, hit it where they're not standing. Duh, duh, thanks, A-Rod, for the intelligent, thanks, you know, comment there. But, yeah, I think he's one of the few guys in the league that can actually hit it where nobody is or tries to, attempts to. I don't know if he can or not, but hit it where nobody's standing. So I feel like you just keep doing what you're doing. But maybe on Guriel, just don't shift at all. It's probably my Norm's hot take on that. Yeah. And I'm not an anti-shift guy. I think the shift, I mean, you know, I mean, the Ashes were one of the early adopters of shifting hardcore and really getting after it. Um, it, it, but this is really, this series is the series that all of the old guys are watching and, and, or, and just like screaming, stop shifting because it seems like, like, like there's been just huge hits that have come from just beating the mm-hmm. shift. Yeah. I would agree. You know, it's, you, you know, game one, the Braves were just beating the shift at will. Mm-hmm. And then we had Maldi beat the shift, which, which was huge. And then Yuli do it. So it was just like this weird kind of just weird phenomenon going on right now. But I mean, I also agree that there are a lot of plays last night where the shift worked mm-hmm. for us. So 
I totally get what you're saying where, yeah, you know, um, we only hear when the shift goes bad. That's true. That's true. Um, That's the only one you ever remember. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it was really only one beginning. Cause like we said, free shut us down for like 10 straight batters. And then, you know, the, you know, then it was just pitching just went on great, uh, you know, outside of the actual, uh, competition, you know, uh, the runtime of this game was awesome yes. compared to game one. <laughs> <I agree. laughs> it was, it nice. was awesome. Yeah. Those, um, those four plus hour games. I mean, I love it, but I would agree. It gets, it gets a little tedious. I'm not going to complain, but I would, you know, I'd like to go to bed before 1am on the East coast. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, um, and then, I mean, the point of concern, the thing that I really didn't like is, um, I put on Twitter probably stupidly that I thought that Bregman was going to win MVP. Yep. That was maybe hoping maybe a, a tweet of hope more than actual, yeah. uh, you know, prediction because he looks lost at the plate. I don't know what, you know, but like, he's usually really good up at the plate, mm-hmm. but I don't know what you've seen, but he looks just it's the wrong word for it, but stupid up there. Yeah. Like, I would, it, he's almost looks like jock. Like he's trying, like he's, he's too amped up. You know, he's, he's sitting there trying to figure out what time it is and it's just not his time yet. I, I still, <laughs> like I say that and we're two games in, he's going to have a huge moment. He's going to come up. It's just Bregman or Correa. Correa. I'm sorry. I'm talking about Correa. I bought, you're talking about Bregman. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Time out. Rewind. Yes. Bregman looks lost at the plate as well. And then we'll jump into Correa in a second. My bad. My bad. Quinn. No, 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 you're fine. It's just like Bregman specifically, like, you know, he's part of the core four mm. or three or like whatever you want to call him. And like, he just like there, you know, there are like, it was like a three, two, a pitch and he watched it go right down the middle. And I was just like, what is this is bewildering, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, also Correa, I mean, he looks, he looks exactly like jock, where it's just like, he's trying to make mm. a big thing happen and he's just not letting the game come to him. He's trying to force the, you know, you know, force it. And it's just, it's just not working. And for the, you know, for us to win this series, like those two guys got to turn it on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like I said, 12 seconds ago, when I was talking about Carlos Correa and not Alex Bregman, who went to LSU, I do know who we were talking about. I'm sorry. I got confused yeah, there. You're fine. But uh, Correa, you're fine. I, he's going to have a big moment. He's going to come through. It's just like Freddie, all these guys are, I don't, and Correa has been to the off season. So I don't, you know, I, I can't make up an excuse for him, but it's going to, it's going to happen. He's going to have a big hit and it's going to, boost all the Astros player. He's just do. I mean, clearly it's his yeah. time. He knows what he's doing for all those reasons. So I, 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 if I was an Astros fan, I wouldn't worry about Correa. Now he's probably not going to win MVP unless this just goes to seven and he goes on a tear, but I wouldn't worry too much about him. I am more worried about everyone on the Braves offense, not hitting in game yeah. two than Correa not showing up. It's easier yeah, to, I guess- to not think about it when your team wins a game. Now, if they would have been down like, Oh, two, and Correa's not yeah. doing anything. That would be the my you know headline story point narrative going forward. It's really cruel the way these two games play played out for both fans because like y'all winning game you know winning game or a winning game a one like for y'all was so amazing and or and you know like you said or you know and I heard it from my Braves or friends you know of like sweep let's sweep them you know. And then you guys go on to uh, lose uh, this game. And I was like, oh, crap, we, you know, we blew it. And for us, it's like, oh, my gosh, we lost the first game. This is awful. And then, like, we win this game. And, like, it's still, like, you know, crap, we lost home field, you know? Exactly. And so it's like, I think, you know, I think both teams, like, had things to feel good about. But also, like, there's a, like, just, like, this kind of, like, achy feeling where both teams, like, this is incredible that both teams don't have a really solid starting rotation. Exactly. Like, it's just, like 
like we, you know, I think we both know our game three starters, but after that, it's like, no, it's a toss up for us. It, it really is. Um, and I know I'd said that was, you know, one of the paths to victory for, for us to win the world series with our starting pitching. That was our, you know, the one slot thing I thought we had an advantage over, but now with Morton gone and then freed, I guess having two bad innings, I'll give him that. But I don't know what going forward. I know we've got Eon, Ion, Anderson for game three, but game four is going to be a full. I mean, we've got essentially 18 plus innings of bullpen games with mm-hmm. three days of games and no rest day. So I don't know. You know, the Braves, I'm not going to say game three is a must win, but it is a must win for the Braves if they want to have any shot. Because really, for me, I think two out of three at home is the optimal thing for the Braves to do. Because then you can punt a game and then you get max back on game, you know, five on short rest or six on regular rest, how you want to look at it. But that's that's almost dire straits because we could go into this in the Astros. Another fun fact, because I keep looking up Astros stuff. They've not won back or lost back to back games since sometime in August, like the middle of August. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that. So, I didn't know that. So going forward, yeah. uh, it's not really a good thing for Norm. So I hope we win game three and five, and then that yeah. way that trend continues, and then we'd win game seven. And then that would just, you know, you don't lose two in a row, and the Braves win the World Series. But I just, I'm very concerned going forward, how our pitching staff, what's going to happen? Because Drew Smiley came in for an inning, gave up a home run. Kyle Wright has been up and down from AAA in here. He had a horrible postseason last year. He didn't have the greatest season when he was in the the bigs this year. So big concerns in our bullpen. I'm sorry, Armbarn has big shoes to fill. I, I can't say it. I mean, bullpen is just a natural thing. For PETA so easy, to, right? to yeah. give me money to say Armbarn this whole time, and then while we're talking about it, let me get on my soapbox real quick. When, <laughs> did you see the tweet where they said we are 100% confident that no major league player doesn't have an arm? Did you see that tweet that they came out with? Doesn't have a what? Doesn't, there was no major league player that was armless. I mean, I can think well, that's of, not, I know Jim like, Abbott comes to my mind. I'm yeah, old enough like to remember that. him. And I think there was a feel something. I don't remember. And I saw the, all the Twitters and I was like, oh my gosh, how is you and his organization not have someone that can Google has there ever been a major league baseball player that had one arm? I mean, how hard is that? I just did it in 10 seconds. It's, it's an incredible tweet. Yeah, <laughs> like, it is. To come out with that take is, is, I guess it's very on brand for PETA. I'll say that much. It's on brand. And like, also like, it, you know, like if they're doing it as a joke to get, you know, just, you know, like just get their name yeah. in the, the Emma news. It's very funny. It's weird. Um, But it, but, it, but yeah, it's weird. And, a whole litany of things. Sorry, um, I, I took a right turn there. No, now I'm sorry. No, 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 I, I need to just no, stand I'm on happy my soapbox because it it's super funny to me. It's, it's just it's like, weird. It's just it's you know it's really the perfect off day thing to happen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, <laughs> why like, wouldn't you start that what, during the play? Like two weeks ago, when yeah. the playoffs started, or before the World mm-hmm. Series started. Why do you wait until game before game three to come out and say, "Hey, listen, I don't like bulls. We're gonna we're gonna start saying the arm barn," which is a cool name. Like I wish somebody you know. Uh, I almost. I almost tweeted out saying like arm barn doesn't sound that bad. No, it doesn't. <laughs> you know? I, I don't think it does. I'm not going to support it now because Peter supports it. Yeah, but of course. Yeah. I think arm barn as a whole is a pretty cool idea. I will say to, I, you know, I will say to them, I will say arm barn exclusively. My only thing is that I will not stop e- eating meat because oh, that's no. just not possible. No, for you're me. in Texas. So, so you get kicked out. I think if that was the case, yeah, I just, yeah, it's serious news. Yeah. No. Like it's big deal. No, no. I, <laughs> um, give me a ribeye after this podcast and I'll be good. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I guess we can kind of move into like, just like more yeah. uh, nebulous thoughts. My first thing is that, and I 
I guess it's just because I've had a big insight to Braves Twitter now, which is a very wow. great place. Very funny, oh. super confident. Good luck. Love to see it. <laughs> Here's my thing. The umpiring situation. Oh man. It's maybe it's because I'm seeing the most mad of Braves fans, but I hate to sound kind of condescending here, but mm. it's like pitch framing is a thing. Yeah, I would agree. And especially with you, you know, with like human, I'm like that, that that's a real thing. And Maldonado is like in the top third of it. And so it's just like, kind of like one of those things where it's just, to me, it's just like kind of realize what's going on here. You know, it's not that these guys, you know, you, you know, the umps don't have this perfect sight of home plate. Yeah. And whenever, a, you know, a good um, a catcher can frame a ball really nicely a lot of that stuff stuff is going to um, happen. And like, I mean, Freddie has been hosed on like two at bats and I totally get that. So I'm not debating that the yeah. calls are good. I'm just trying to like, it just seems interesting that there's so much out, you know, like outrage on it whenever this is pretty standard stuff, you know? Yeah. I, I think a lot of that is, I think the tally that I saw last was 11 out of the 12 game postseason games. Uh, the Braves have not been, the opposing team has been favored in these ump scorecards. And I saw earlier, you made mention of, you know, who runs these things, what's the analytics behind. And I would like to know that too, because I can yeah, make a norm ump scorecard and make it favor whoever I want it to favor. So I don't know what the, anal, how, how that data is gathered. Cause I don't know if it's off yeah. baseball savant or, MLB, the at bat, at, at bat app. I don't know where that data comes from. Yeah. And I mean it entirely like, you know, I, you know, like I put that out there as like a genuine, yeah. like who runs this, you know, because like, because I think the biggest set that's always taken away from that is like the plus runs yeah. or something like that. And it's like, to me, it's like, I don't know. How do you even yeah, how do you calculate that and that all in? that? So like, I just know that like I've seen calls on Freddie where there's been a few on Freddie, him specifically where it's been like, that's a bad call. Yeah. Even or even out, or even outside of framing, there's been a lot of close calls where it seems like it's like super close, and then Maldi frames it really well yeah. um, compared to Darno. Like that's the one thing that I've not been impressed with him on. Yeah, and Darno is, is. I don't like this one. While we're getting there, I, this one leg catcher crap. I don't get it. I don't understand bad. it. I am. I am an old school baseball person. I just don't know the benefit of that. And I feel like we're uh, yeah. getting, and I feel like framing is getting to be such a big deal. And the analytics, mm -hmm. you know, the Billy beans of the world are saying you've got one knee at one knee so you can frame it better. But I just don't see that that's really happening. I, now I granted, I only watch Braves baseball and occasionally I watch something on the West coast if it's on, but I just don't see where they're gaining that much pitching from it. Like last night, there was what, three pass balls, two of them were on the one knee thing. I just don't. One of them was big too, where yeah, a score came. Exactly. From I just it, don't know? see the plus side of that. I mean, I'm sure someone can get me some baseball reference numbers and throw all those out there and make it look like a thing like you can with anything in baseball. But, but I'm not a component to it. I'd rather see him catch normal. And that's, you know, I'm way harping now. But William Contreras, our, you know, soon-to-be catcher extraordinaire in a couple of years, he can't. He is a horrible at defense. I mean, horrible. The guy, that's why he got sent back down to AAA, because everything was going by him. He sits there and just sits on one knee. And if anything's into the dirt, like a foot to his left, he can't block it up. They do this backhand stuff, which is if you're at shortstop or second base, is acceptable. But... Mm -hmm. We've got all this body armor on just, just lean. Anyway, I derailed. I'm sorry. I'm concerned. No, back. no, it's fine. And I think it's like, I think it's a perfectly or 
or am I think it makes sense within this series is because like you have a guy like Maldi who does it, but Maldi, his feather is that he's really good behind the plate. Yeah. So he can do that one knee thing because he's so good at it. Yeah. I think the issue is, is whenever you try and teach someone who isn't the strongest, like, I mean, I see it because I'm friends with a lot of Yankees fans, but like the Yankees tried to make Gary Sanchez this one leg guy and like, he's not good enough for that. Yeah. So it looks bad. And it's the same thing with Travis where it's just like, it, you know, really like it does more harm than, than a good. And I mean, going off way off, it's just like, once we do get robo umps, which could be a long time, like framing's out the window. It doesn't even matter at yeah. all. You know, like, you know, like it becomes pop time and everything else. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, I don't know. But so yeah, I mean, back to your original but, question. I'm sorry. I, I got, I get on my soapbox no. when, and it's a thing. Um, but, but anyway, the narrative is the 11 out of 12 and Braves. We like to fit. Nobody picks us. We were down in the dumps. You know, the Brewers were picked to beat us. The Dodgers were picked to beat us. The Astros are picked to be Braves. Twitter likes to live up on those small things. You know, we couldn't have the uh, all-star game. We won't talk po- politics, but we couldn't have the all-star game. So now we're having this, Brave Twitter just needs that little umph to get them going. They just need to feel that, like that makes those conspiracy theories are out there. That's all it is. So, and like, I mean, I totally get that I'm coming into y'all's house. It's just like, <laughs> like, you know, like, it's just interesting to me. Like, like I did try and talk to someone about mm-hmm. it. And like, I quickly realized that it's like, they're just being a homer yeah. and it's fine, yeah. you know, and, or, and that makes total sense. You know, it's just, um, I guess I like, it's just to me, like I see the calls and it's like, that's just baseball to me. You know, yeah, like, and I like don't, that's just, I've that's watched, part of it, you know, I would agree with you on the Freeman. And I think Austin Riley had one last night, those, but, but it's called both ways. And is and is I understand if we set up a strike zone and if you get a new pitcher, you might take a inning or so to get it feathered out. But as long as it's called both ways, it's, it's impossible. I mean, it's, you've got a 60 year old man behind the plate and he's guessing, I would imagine 80% at the time, maybe, mm-hmm. I mean, umpiring is incredibly hard. I don't know if you've ever done it. I did it way back in the day when I played baseball as a high schooler in little league. And let me tell you, I would never do it again. I did it for like $40, one game. The parents coming at me from a little league game is just too much. So there's no way that at the the highest of level that you're going to get everything right. And I understand that just as long as you call it both ways, I'm fine with that. So as one Braves homer to you, I'm okay as long as it's called both ways, but I will agree. The Freddie one was a little egregious to me. And this is my last bit on it. And I think it goes back to my thing on the scorecard thing, the uh, umpire scorecard, where it's like, it breaks it down into like, um, like totally binary, you know, just like the, you know, just the frame and then, or, um, or, and then the uh, dots. Mm -hmm. And like, it doesn't take into context that like, because I saw the, saw that there were a lot of Braves missed strikes Mm -hmm. that were like bottom left. But like, if you watch the actual pitch, it's a pitch where, Darnold was set up wrong and then he had to stab yeah. the ball and like a pitch or, or, and like the sad fact is, is that an ump is never going to call a strike on a pitch that a catcher has to like die for. Exactly. You, you know, even if it's down the middle, yeah. like, and that's just like, that's where we are with these umps today. Yeah. And it's, you know, and I totally get that. It's frustrating. I just like, that's why those scorecards are a little weird because it strips context of a lot of things to me. Yeah, I would agree. So. I, and maybe, maybe before our next podcast, I'll, I'll take a deep dive into where these metrics are. Cause you know, if you go to fan graphs or baseball, you get the hard data there. There's data you can look at, but I just don't know where, you know, John 
Smith from Umpire Scorecards is getting his stuff from. Like if he's yeah. just goes to Baseball Savant, which is a great website, I'll plug them all day and Baseball Reference and Statcast, all those yeah. things. Go to them, look at you till your heart's content. But I just don't know where that actually. Like, how is one call more worse? I just I don't get that. I don't understand yeah. it. Yeah. So maybe some other podcast out there can can fill me in and I'll subscribe and listen and plug them. Yeah. So I guess, so, I mean, we've kind of touched it a little bit, but like if you had to pick one thing, like what's your biggest concern right now? It's our pitching staff. Um, I know our offense is always, it's hot and cold all, all season long, but essentially the only reason we made the playoffs was Charlie Morton and Max Freed. And one of those guys is not going to be pitching anymore. And the other one, while did correct the, you know, right the ship there at the very end, has not had the greatest of two starts. And, and I understand these guys are, you know, one percent of one percenters and they drag it across the infield like everybody else. But that has to affect your morale, knowing that you've you've not pitched well for two outings now. So that's my biggest takeaway. The arm barn's going to have to pitch a considerable number of innings over the next three games with no off day. That is a concern of me. So that's that's my biggest thing. The bats will come around. It's the the arms and the use and management of our arm barn that I'm most worried about, Quentin. How about you? Yeah. What are what are your major concerns going into three days? And I guess I'll throw this out there. How big of an impact is is hitting and the no DH for three straight days going to be for you guys? Yeah, so answer that first. That is such a huge issue right now to me because like you have to bench one of Brantley or Jordan most like, you know, like within my mind, just because Atlanta is a pretty large outfield. It seems like it's, you know, like there's a lot of room to uh, cover. And to me, it seems irresponsible to put both of them in there when they're both so slow. I mean, I know Brantley is very good with his glove, but he's coming off a leg injury. He's kind of hobbly. And that's why he's been, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, what's the word, uh, DHing a ton. Um, and then Jordan, he's just a slow guy. Yeah. He's, you know, he, you know, he's a, you know, he's a pure DH. That's all he is. Um, he has played in the outfield for us and it's been spotty, but I mean, unless you just put Tucker in center and then you tell him like, Hey, you're going to have to cover a lot of ground yeah. here and just deal with it. Um, that's my, like, it freaks me out. Honestly, I think it's the most we've ever been affected by it just with, just with Brantley being a little bit older and a little bit slower right now. Yeah. I, I think that play, you know, if you stick Brantley and left there at, at minute made, it's kind of really, he's just got a small window of area to cover to me. It seems like in center field is really center and right field to me, just with my, mm-hmm. my eyes. So that was my big takeaway is how the Astros are going to do that. And, you know, with pitching as far as setting it up, because it really plays a different game when you, you put in a reliever and he's either got a bat or you're going to pinch hit for him and how mm-hmm. that all matches up. And I think as much as I said, you know, having a DH would favor the Braves, it really hurts the Braves as well because our bench is just not deep at all. So who is getting moved to the bench? Is it like, like, you know, like it's gotta be jock, right? Yeah, I would, I would assume now the only thing is, I don't know who's starting for you all. If he's a lefty or righty, that's my fault. I will take ownership on that, but uh, righty, it'll right. be Luis Garcia. So I don't know if in game three, they put jock somewhere in the middle of the order just to mess with that, you know, lefty righty match or lefty lefty matchup, I guess, or however that is. Um, but I would imagine if that's not the case, jock would definitely be centered. So and Rosario are, are hotter batters right now than that. And they're both capable of playing left or right field, wherever they yeah. stick them. So that makes total sense. Like, I think that's the thing where the Braves have the advantage where like, it's this almost weird advantage that jock is doing badly because like, it's like, well, yeah, of course jock is going to go 
to uh, the bench most likely. With us, it's like Jordan and uh, or and uh, Brantley are both important to the lineup right now. Yeah, and so it's like you kind of have to choose unless, like, unless you just you know just put them both in there. Like I said, said and just roll the dice and just bank on them not hitting a ton of fly balls. But that seems like a bad idea with this Braves team. You know, I, you never know. I mean, maybe the analytics say. Quinn, we'll throw out that word again. Man, who knows? I don't know. I don't know if you, yeah. you you sacrifice offense. I mean, that's what the Dodgers did with Gavin Lux. And you see how that kind of turned out for them. They wanted his bat over his defense in center field. So now, Yeah, and he didn't have a good series. No, he didn't. Or, either. No, or not there. even offensively either. And he had that one bloop that ended up, I think, winning his game three. I don't remember what game. I think, yeah, yeah. I think, no, it was game four. Game four. So who knows? I mean, it's it's baseball. It's a crazy sport. Anything can happen. I know that much. So. Yeah, I mean, what's the weather up in Atlanta looking like right now? Because I thought I saw some stuff about that there's yes, potentially some so weather coming for game, through. For game three tomorrow night, they are calling for rain. Uh, it, it's cold and rainy currently over here on mm-hmm. the on the south. Uh, I think there's like a 50 or 60% chance of rain, and the temperatures are going to be in the, the high to low 50s. Or I'm sorry, high 40s, low 50s. Uh, for your start. So I don't know if that really throws at anything at Houston, uh, but it is going to be cold and rainy for your game three start Friday night. Uh, I would really like it to get postponed and pushed back. uh, So that way Max, if needed, could go on normal rest for game five as a homer there. But I don't know. Uh, I guess tomorrow we can plot weather forecasts and meteorologist stuff. But as of right now, they're calling for rain at game time. That's it, man. I, it's funny, like just having a, you know, just being a fan of a team with a roof, like <laughs> yeah. it happened in our white Sox series yeah. where like we got rained out for a, a game and it's just one of those things that I forget about, you know, <laughs> it's, oh yeah. It, you know, some of these teams don't have roofs it'll and, be, or really most of the teams don't No, they don't. It'll be or, interesting or don't to have see roofs. what they do TV wise and money dollars mm-hmm. wise, how big that plays into the world series and postponing a game. I can't remember one. I'm sure Somebody could say, oh, well, the, you know, game three of the 2016 was pushed. I, I can't remember dates like that. Uh, obviously, the Braves yeah. haven't been in the World Series for 21 years, so I've not kept up that much. I've watched, but, you know, not diehard. But I don't know how that'll play into effect on a Friday night for Fox's ratings if they want to push the game back or how hard they'll push for it. I think it was like 2016 between the between the Indians and Cubs had like a huge delay and it was game seven, I think. And like they, or, or, and they just waited it out. But like, I don't know what you do whenever it rains and the forecast of the, and the like entire day. I mean, like in Houston, it was like uh, yesterday morning. It like, it looked like there was a hurricane yeah. in town, like just whipping or, or like whipping rains. And then by like 3 PM, it was clear skies. It was the most bizarre thing. Interesting. So it could happen like that with Atlanta, you know, yeah, um, and, and I don't know how they'll do, you know, don't get a guy warmed up because, you know, you don't want Trevor Bauer to get mad because they didn't call the game and made him wait 30 minutes. But whatever, mm-hmm. I don't know. But that will be one of the big things going into game three, I think, is weather. Uh, I hope they postpone it just as Norm is a Braves fan so I can put off my tears another day. But that's just yeah. me. Um, I had something and then I lost. Yeah. Oh, um, I thought I saw something that the start time for the Sunday game is at like noon. That can't be right, right? Uh, I don't think so. I thought they were all like eight oh eight or eight seventeen. I hope you know, you know, like I hope it's nighttime because that sounds absurd to do that. Um, Especially because Fox has games at noon. I must have saw something wrong. No, I just remember like looking at game times or something. Let me, like let that. me look here. Uh, that would be weird if they did Sunday at noon to go up against NFL game times. Seems but, like the you know, dumbest thing of all time. Um, I've got eight fifteen 
okay, for Sunday perfect. night. Okay. On, and that's on MLB.com. So I think Google must've been wrong. Cause I, because I looked gosh, like a week ago, just to see like bat or like back whenever we like officially clinched, I looked at the start times okay. and it had 12 and I thought that was the most preposterous thing Maybe ever. It was one of those silly TBDs, 12 o'clock if yeah. needed game five yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, I guess like the other thing that I have that is not baseball at all is that mm. ratings are for the series are really great, especially after we could have had, had like an LA Boston series and a lot of stuff I saw from salty Dodgers fans and Red Sox fans was like, no one's going to watch this series. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's something that both of our fan bases can kind of unite on and puff our chest a little bit being like, look, yeah, it's baseball. It's, it's world series of baseball folks. You know, you, you know, folks want to watch it. And also it's not like Atlanta and Houston are two small towns. It's not like it's like Tampa and I don't, Kansas I can't City. even think of a team. You, you, yeah, exactly. Going up, you know, against each other. I don't know why people put the Braves and, and have think that they're a small market. I know buying wise, they seem like a small market, but TBS broadcasted Braves games for years. There's Braves games. I mean, even if you looked at the Dodgers stadium, there was tons of Braves fans going on from that. And I, I just don't understand. I don't get the narrative that nobody's going to watch the World Series. I, I think people are, will watch baseball regardless of who's in it. I know I do. Mm-hmm. So that whole, you know, nobody's going to watch the Braves. That's just, I think that's just sour grapes. I really do. Dodgers were salty. You know, I'm sorry they spent $100 million more than the Braves yeah. and still lost. I understand Max Muncy was hurt. And all those things, Kershaw was hurt again, but still, you just have to move on from that. You have to move. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I totally agree, especially with the Braves. I mean, going off on that, it's like the Braves are owned by Liberty media who like they own formula one. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's absurd. Like this is not some small team. Like they yeah. are a massive team. Like, you know, like if there was no salary cap, the Braves would be one of the highest spenders because yeah, they have the money. It's funny. So but uh, it, it's, I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand the, the narrative or the background for any of that. It doesn't make sense to me as to why people want to, to say that's a small type thing for that. I think it's just like, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head where it's salty fans and fan, or, or in fans who just lost a heartbreaking series are yeah. going to grasp whatever straws they can. Yeah. Also, while we're on the rambling of MLB things. Have you seen this an article where people are saying that they should move the Dodgers should move on from Clayton Kershaw? That is just the most absurd take I have seen in my life it's, that they should just move on from him. It, it, it's so dumb because baseball isn't like football. You know, it's like who cares? Like they can pay him; it doesn't matter. And also, he is a legend to that team. He's yeah. the best pitcher of his generation. Like, it's just, I you know I really don't you know I really don't like stuff like that. I, you know, I really think it's gross. Like I hate that the Astros are, are going to like, you know, like, you, you know, like Korea go probably and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It just like, I think some folks just get in their head that they want these massive changes Yeah, I don't, and they think it's going <laughs> to, I don't get it. I, I'm a huge uh, Todd Helton fan. He was from Knoxville, loved him at the mm-hmm. Rockies. It's just that whole play for one team thing just never happens anymore. And I love it when it actually does. Like it's, it's a lot like, I hope with my heart of hearts that Freddie Freeman signs with the Braves and he ends as a Brave. I don't want any of this. You know, I played for you for 19 years and then I wanted one more contract and you wouldn't give it. So I'm going to go play with the Cardinals for a season. I just don't, I don't like that when organizations and players can't come together and figure something out, just pay them what they want. And the fans are happy. Yeah. I think like, I'll say this as, you know, I grew up in the, um, uh, um, uh, Biggio days. Okay. And like, He's, you know, he played with us all 20 years of his career yeah, I think that's right. and like 
he's still like, I mean, he's a living legend here. You know, I mean, people like, you know, I have never met him, but if I did, it'd, it'd be the most starstruck I've ever been, you know? Yeah. Um, so he's a legend and it could happen with, um, for, you know, with a, or, uh, with them, a free or with a Freeman. And I hope it does I do unless too. he wants to come down to Houston and play first no, base. I think but, if he goes uh, anywhere, <laughs> it's out in sunny California somewhere. I think he'll be an angel personally. It's, I don't know who their first baseman is, but I think the angels and Freddie Freeman have a nice little ring to it, or he'll go play on the Padres because Charlie, his son wants him to play with Tatis. Yeah, that's it. I would, <laughs> we can, uh, we can shout out our friend, Nate. That yeah, is, old Nate. Uh, I would love nothing as a division rival. I would love nothing more if the angels didn't sign a starting <laughs> pitcher and then they sign Freddie Freeman. It, 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 it would really just make my off season. So it would, I, and that's very on brand for the angels to, they, I mean, they need someone that can pitch other than Shohei Otani. I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, Julio Tehran yeah. was a stable person in the arm barn for the Atlanta Braves for many years, but he didn't pan out very well. Actually, I, I feel bad for saying that now because I think he got COVID really bad and was actually, so I'll take that. I'll take that out. I'm sorry. Yeah. Didn't mean to be mean. I was going in the right direction that took a hard pandemic turn. So apologies, Julio. No, I, I know. I'm sorry. I get on my soapbox. But I hope Freddie um, stays. I'll, I'll end with that. Even yeah. though that's a podcast for a different day, I don't think it'll happen, but I really hope it does. Well, I hope I'm not keeping you too long. No, you're good. Just given the first two of my games, you think this series is coming back to a Houston? I think so. I think so. Unless yeah, me too. something crazy happens. I really think, I know, I think I said Braves in six. Yeah, for sure. For sure. See this going six or seven games. I don't see yeah. Houston going on a three o three or three o tear, I guess, to win it all in Atlanta. The Braves, if you want the stat, are undefeated this season in the postseason, which to me means absolutely nothing. So who cares? But or take or at truest, right? At truest, yes, undefeated, undefeated yeah. at home. I'm yeah. sorry. So take that how you want to. I just, I, I really think it's gonna. We're gonna have maybe another blowout game, one way for the Dodgers or Dodgers. I'm sorry, Braves or Astros in, in one fashion, and then we're gonna have two nail biters. Like I said, if we can get two out of three, I would be happy with that going back to Houston, and then. You all can win game six and then we can win game seven and win it in Houston. And that's how it works for norms. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. I don't think either team has the depth to win three straight games right now. No, so, not, not with pitching. Yeah. We really need an off day. And and I don't understand yeah. this whole, when, do you know when they started this two, three, two thing? I can't remember. I I, I can't oh. know this setup, but I would you're really get me rambling. No, you're, I think the ramble. I on. think a, I think a two, three, two format, for the home team who's supposed to have home field advantage is a ridiculous. Setup. No, it's not. I don't know why we got away from that hall. Was it two, two, one, one, however they used to do that back in yeah. the day. I don't know why yeah, we got away two, from two, that. One, one, one. Yeah. And that seems fair. Like it just seems absurd to me that there's a point in time where the away team has played more home games than the team who's supposed exactly. to have home field advantage. Exactly. It just, it seems like, and like, I, like I just assume it's a thing for sake of time because that way you only get two off days compared to like three or four, yeah. but it just seems for the sake of the, like, like, you know, if you really want to make home field advantage a thing, then it should be two, two, one, one, one. I agree. It just it I seems agree. fair. I don't know when but, that changed. I really don't. I need to look that up. I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know either. It seems like a weird change. I don't like it, per, you know, personally, but I'm super biased there because the Astros now have to go play three games at a bumping battery <laughs> because it's going to be insane. No, it's a sterile mall. It's a sterile mall. Sterile mall. Yes, yeah, come on. Yeah, sorry. No, one code, no one shows up at this place. I mean, that was, I bought the Roto t-shirt for that. I'm very excited to get that. Yeah. It's, it hopefully will be here in the next couple of days and I can wear it. But I don't, I think it's just, I love hot takes from players when they say things like that or riders or whoever wants to get on their soapbox. We can talk about Waffle House and the break. Just it's, fantastic. It seems like such a dumb thing to do. Like, like I wonder if the Dodgers PR guy like pulled Bill aside and said, "Hey, you're our beat writer," and you just gave them all yeah, the motivation. Just, yeah. it's just it's crazy. Bulletin like board material. Please just print it out. Just keep going. Just and he never know, stopped. He just rode that bandwagon forever. Did you see? Now I, we'll 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 end on this stuff. But I'm, I'm derailing. Did you see that the Braves? Uh, catered Waffle House for all the Dodgers beat riders when they came back. For, for it, yeah. it was fantastic. I loved it. It was my favorite. Yeah. Just, you know, Waffle yeah. House and Braves go hand in hand. So, yeah. I mean, as a guy in Houston here where we have some Waffle House, you know, some uh, Waffle House houses, big fan. I will, and there will be no insults of Waffle House or of uh, the sterile shopping mall over here. <laughs> I don't get it. It's funny. It makes me laugh. So, mm-hmm. but Quentin, have you got, I guess we're, we're hitting about the hour mark. I feel like we really hit our stride there the last 10 or 15 minutes with just rambling stuff. That's, that's what I'm yeah. really known for here on my podcast of many followers. So no, I love the rambling. We can keep going. Um, no, I, but as far as thoughts on the actual series, I yeah. totally agree. I think it's like, I think it's going seven personally, just the way this looks right now. Um, but the Braves scare me. They're a very good team. Uh, this, this lineup is absurdly difficult to get through and I see why they are in the world series and why they really just ran through a lot of teams, you know? Yeah. Yeah. People counted them out and that's, that's the one thing this team doesn't do. They don't quit. So they're going to give it their all until that 27th out of the final game. That's, that's for sure. I'm on board for it. I'm here for playoff baseball. I just really wish the games would start a little earlier or finish a little quicker because I, I like my beauty sleep. I need it. Yeah. An early rise. Uh, so I, yeah, man, I had to be at work at 7am this morning and I, <laughs> you dragon, <laughs> yeah, uh, dragon and I was pounding coffee. Yeah. So I, I'm, you know, uh, I'm not going to say that watching baseball is harder than playing baseball, but when you got a full-time job and, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. you got to be up at 7am or I uh, really like 5am the next day. Sometimes it feels a little bit more yeah, tough. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I mean, I wish I got their salary. Then I probably wouldn't complain, but you know, oh, yeah. is no, what it is. Yep. All right, Quinn. Well, I had a fantastic time again, my friend. And like I said, we will do this hopefully again Monday after mm-hmm. three games. And we'll hopefully the Braves are up three to two at that point in time. We'll see. Disagree. Who, who knows? Disagree. Or maybe the Astros will be up three to two. We'll just, we, you know, we'll agree we'll to see. disagree. I think we yeah. called it a parlay. We're parlaying when they're not playing. Mm-hmm. So that four or five hour stretch when there is baseball, the parlay is off. If you know, you know on that, the IYKYK for all my good young friends, bad cap, all those things. We'll say it right now. So, but for Quinn, I am Norm Shaver. This has been a episode of the World Series Extravaganza, episode two. It's been fun.